podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Michael J. for Hope for the Warriors. Started back in 06 at Camp Lejeune. Military families witnessing the effects of war on their loved ones. Now, almost 20 years later, they've aided over 53,000 service members, veterans, and families with confidential, high-quality behavioral health care services at little or no cost to post-9-11 vets and their families. Over 91% of every dollar donated goes directly to the programs. If you're as concerned about our heroes as I am, go to the hope for the warriors.org good evening everyone my name is michelle uh, and i'm here with reese and we are both criminal lawyers and we've been asked by gallagate shots just to run you through uh, a thread that i posted up we were talking about the takeover and we just had a look at the company's house documents and at the press reporting. We both live in London uh, and I'm a massive NUFC fan. Um, Reese is... I've been forced into it. I've um, been forced. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he loves it. He loves the away days. Um, and Gallagher Shots just asked us just to run through the thread Um We'd just like to say from the outset, as we are lawyers, we're obviously not saying that everything that we're saying is 100% accurate. It's just based on what we think that the company's house activity means. And you have to remember that we don't have all the info behind the scenes of the charges that you see on company's house. There are hundreds of pages of what called facility agreements, which are actually the loans that are in place rather than just the document that says Ashley is owed X, Y and Z. Cool. Okay, so um, Reese actually did most of the research on this. So I think we started with the company's house documents. So before you actually get to the new deal, you actually need to look at the old Mike Ashley loan, which is the £150 million interest-free loan that he put in place when it looks like he refinanced the Barclays debt. And that basically means that even though Ashley owns the company, which is the club, uh, the club owes him £150 million through a company he formed called St James Holdings. That becomes relevant later on because of what the Daily Express have reported today is Mike Ashley funding the actual deal by way of a vendor loan, which might not actually be accurate. But there are a lot of companies involved. So he's not funding it as so much as he's just trying to get his own cash back out of the business? It, if they were to try and do it in a different way it would be really complicated for Ashley to say, I'm selling you this club and also, by the way, you're going to pay me the 150 million quid that the club owes me because otherwise, Stavely, the Rubin brothers and hopefully the public investment fund would have to pay 150 million quid into Newcastle United Limited for the club to then pay it out to St James's Holdings. No guarantees, but what it looks like is this document that's been uploaded is a a workaround for that, which means Stavely, Rubin, etc., pay into an account about £150 million, which then gets rid of the debt. Okay, that makes sense. And we think that Stavely, looking at some of the tweet thread that we've put up, we think Stavely is basically brokering this deal because she's got some connections with the Saudis and because they don't necessarily want to deal with Companies House in the UK. So there's almost two bodies working on behalf of the Saudis. The first is Stavely. 
Staveley's primarily working through the Cantervale companies. And the Geordies will probably remember Cantervale first came out in 2018 when we thought the Ashley era was over and oh, it wasn't. So excited about that. <laughs> a lot of premature cans. Um, <laughs> there was another Cantervale company incorporated in January this year, which is Cantervale Holdings Limited. Uh, they recently uh, became involved with a company called RB Sports and Media Limited. RB is the Rubin brothers who are the American billionaires who are rich, but not as rich as the Saudis. So what's the Rubin brothers connection with the Saudis? There, there isn't necessarily a connection there. Okay. Uh, it, inevitably with all of these people, all of these large investment companies like the Rubin brothers and the Saudi oil company Aramco, who are effectively owned by PIF, they all have investments that are linked to one another so if you looked at PIF, for example, they're a massive investor in Uber, but they're not the only investors. There's hundreds of pension funds and other financial institutions that invest in companies like Uber. So there are inevitably links between them. It seems like the only link in the Geordies takeover is actually Stavely brokering the two of them together to say, will you both come in with me and invest in Newcastle United? OK, that makes sense. Um I don't know if we can talk about how you just pronounced premature pints, cans. Premature cans. Yeah. Surely it's premature. Okay, moving on. It's not, it's not vital. It is. Uh, okay, and then we've gone on to talk about this NC UK Investment Limited, and this is set up by the Saudis. So when companies not based in the UK want to enter into a deal in the UK, they normally use some form of administrator or some form of accountant to set up a company as a what we call a specific investment vehicle. Yeah. What they've done is they've approached a company called the TMF Group and they basically specialise in putting together deals like this, which are across the world, international expansion, where they put in place various companies that deal with what would normally be dealt with internally. So PIF via Yasil Al-Ramayan, however you want to pronounce that, it's even more difficult than premature and premature. <laughs> uh, he's the governor of PIF and the chairman of Aramco, which is the world's biggest oil company. He, along with someone called Vincent Cheshire, who works for TMF, have set up NCUK Investments Limited. It's worth noting... NC UK Investments Limited is the only company Aramayan is linked to. It's the only company he's a director of in the UK. That would suggest it's for a purpose. Yeah. And all the reports are saying that purpose is the investment into Newcastle United. Great. Well, that, that all sounds very positive. It's at a much later stage than any of the other deals have been, certainly in the last five years. And what can you say about the new loan? So we started with this new loan. Is that available online, that document? That document is in Companies House, a 31-page document that all the media outlets are reporting on at the minute to say, here is the vendor loan, here is Mike Ashley financing his own sale of Newcastle United. Uh, This is where speculation becomes a bit more prominent in what we've said, because... It's common sense that 
you don't sell by funding your own facility because Ashley's position effectively remains the same. Newcastle owes him 150 million now, it'll owe him 150 million afterwards. What it looks like is a way of getting his investment out of Newcastle United. That is my take on it. Other people will have different opinions, but it's the one that seems to make sense because if you remember, it was when the deal first became, if we call it concrete, a lot of people were talking about the 5% deposit. Now, there is a clause within that document on Companies House which effectively says the balance in the accounts can't drop below 13 million. Now, we're, we're splitting hairs a bit between 13 million and 15 million, which would represent 5% of the overall £300 million transaction. My opinion is that there is an account, most probably with Barclays, that currently has £13 million in it, which represents the deposit that Staveley has put in via most likely the company's JV1, because there are a lot of what we call conditions subsequent in the charge document that's on company's house. And he will retain security over that amount. So Ashley currently has security over that bank account. and That's not unusual. Now, these conditions subsequent are things that after that deal's agreed, there are lots of different things that both Ashley and Staveley have to do. And one of those was various things involving Companies House. And it looks like those are the sorts of things that we're seeing with people being registered with interests, people being registered as directors, and all of these various charges and interlinking documents between JV1, Cantervale and RB Media. Okay, and if he's taking back his £150 what do we think that they're actually paying for the club? £300 is probably where it is. If we were to say that £13 million is a 5% deposit, which might be right, it might be wrong, the actual price of the club would be £260 Yeah. So it is a far cry from the £350 million Ashley originally wanted. Yeah, but also we know that Sports Direct isn't doing very well at the moment. There's other other things going on in the background. And also, as you've said, it may be that that figure of £13 million has been subject to some other deductions or costings that we don't know about. When you're purchasing a company like that, the purchaser is likely liable for various costs. And so it may well be £15 million less than £2 million. Pounds. Yeah. We, there's still no clarity on whether there is a uh, what we call a relegation payment. So it seemed like there was a sticking point at some point in these negotiations that Staveley, Rubin Brothers, etc. wanted a clause that says if NUFC are relegated, then there is a payment or reduction in the value of the club that's reflected in the purchase price. Uh, Given that things are moving, uh, I guess there probably won't be one of those clauses. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, And then I'm just looking on Twitter um there's been some some questions so lots of people asking how much we're gonna have to drink so probably like a fair amount we bought a separate beer fridge for lockdown as an essential purchase um and it's fully stocked we've also got a lot of wine it's fully stocked with bottles though not cans so i think it's tesco trip on the way haven't we got some cronenberg and there are 10 cans of cronenberg yeah it's all that was left before we get into some complaints about the judgment um we had to panic buy it 
Um, what stage do we think it's at? So you said probably more advanced than anything else, but obviously there, there is stuff going on behind the scenes that we just can't know. And obviously it's a high value deal. It's international. And obviously with COVID as well, I imagine it, it may slow things down slightly. So in terms of where the deal is at, the next thing is the Premier League fit and proper person test. That will depend on who the Premier League consider to be meeting the definition of a fit and proper person. Because just let's say somebody owes a 1% stake, that doesn't mean that they necessarily need to be reviewed as part of the fit and proper person test. There will be concerns about Saudi involvement. Yeah, of course, that's natural in the same way of due diligence, etc. But perhaps that is also one of the reasons that they've used someone like Amanda Stavely, who is here to smooth things over. And I'm sure that with this amount of money involved, Barclays are quite keen for something to happen. That's exactly right. And the other thing to, to be aware of, the media reporting a lot about different targets being analysed, big investment in the St James's Park area as well as the stadium itself. Those are all things that will get taken into account when they determine the fit and proper person test. Not necessarily whether or not Newcastle will sign Mbappe, but more will they invest in the local area and will they improve it? Yeah, I mean, certainly as a lawyer, some of our our firm has been involved in, in transactions on a much smaller scale with clubs in lower leagues. And there is a lot more emphasis now on what what's actually going to be provided and what, what else is going to come with the deal for the community. Um, but presumably it's all loose change to to the Saudis anyway. I mean, Aramco is a massive business that is probably one of the biggest companies in the world. Uh, 300 million is not a big amount to them. Uh, lots of people saying they don't understand it, which is fair enough. It's um it's it's very very complicated. Um it's it's not unlike, you know, Ashley to think of complex ways to structure deals um and because it's international that's not unusual. Um, but obviously, I know we've all been here before. I am reluctant to get excited about it until it feels like a done deal. But it does feel like we're further on now than we have been before. I, I'd probably say you can start to get excited. I'm so excited. Cool. OK. Uh, any other questions? Um, yeah, people are people are excited as well by the looks of it. Get some cans, get some cans. It's a lot of cans. To be honest, like I need one after typing it all. I've no idea what you're talking about, but happy days. Excellent. That clears that up. Yeah, sorry guys. I couldn't really make it any more straightforward. Um, we did simplify it a couple of times already. Um, it started off as two A4 pages and it, it really got really got cut down. Yeah. Cool. Ba- basically, well. Stavely sets up a company. The company is invested in by the Rubin brothers and Stavely and her husband... They will buy the club. There will then be a large investment from the public investment fund, which is the Saudis, and they'll finance it that way. That's probably the simplest way to summarise it. Uh, Lots of people quoting Talksport. Um, That we should get on Sky News. That would be great, wouldn't it? Sky Sports News. I'll get get my Jim White yellow tie ready. I'd probably need to put some makeup on. As long as I do a countdown clock for the takeover. 
great. Okay, well, that's... that's Michael J for Hope for the Warriors. Started back in 06 at Camp Lejeune. Military families witnessing the effects of war on their loved ones. Now, almost 20 years later, they've aided over 53,000 service members, veterans, and families with confidential, high-quality behavioral health care services at little or no cost to post 9-11 vets and their families. Over 91% of every dollar donated goes directly to the programs. If you're as concerned about our heroes as I am, go to hopeforthewarriors.org. Pretty much all from us. Um, I would say that NUFC is the winner, but really... Football's always the winner. Sports Social Podcast Network.